today on Ag News Daily. One of her questions was, how have you gotten where you are today? And without hesitation, I said, I've had an incredible support system and network. And after answering that, after the interview, I felt a little guilty because I realized not everyone has access to that. And um, I wanted to create an antidote for it. Dana Winterhoff here again with co-host Cassidy Zirkel on the Wednesday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Welcome, Cassidy. Thank you, Tanner. I'm very happy to be back with you reporting today. Absolutely. Another beautiful day here in central Iowa. We went from steamy hot temperatures through the weekend to now waking up in the low 60s and highs in the low 80s. So feels a lot more comfortable now. Temperatures below 80 degrees. What's that like? <laughs> exactly. That's why Iowa is God's country. But I tell you what, all across God's country, McDonald's is hiking the price of their cheeseburger for the first time in over 14 years. So their signature cheeseburger has been at the same cost in the last 14 years or now to see increases across the world. So they're looking at between 10 and 20 cents of an increase. Uh, potentially from 99 cent cheeseburger to $1.19. This will be seen across the world as stated in the UK. Uh, we'll also increase in the United States and stay tuned for potential more restaurant price hikes as we deal with inflation. Well, it does seem like inflation is hitting us at every end, and I can attest to that also on the rest of McDonald's menu because my mom called me yesterday complaining that McDonald's no longer has dollar drinks. <laughs> Even the soda's gone up. <laughs> it's a tragedy across the world. It is. It is. Well, a quick little piece I've got to add to this is just an update on oil inventories. U.S. crude oil inventories fell sharply last week, according to the API data. Uh, fresh worries about the slowdown in the global economy hurt energy demand, so that remains front and center on our news. Of course, that moved prices down just a little bit. So West, Te West Texas Intermediate traded at 95.51, following the report down $1.72. U.S. crude inventories we're down about 4 million barrels is all we saw, but that was enough to affect the market. Well, Tanner, one story that we had reported on back in June that really got a lot of social media coverage was the tons and tons of dead cattle in the Kansas Plains area. So these cattle that were seen in videos across social media, tons and tons of them dead, have been disposed of in some unconventional ways in Kansas due to the influx in dead cattle. So these cattle were buried in unlined graves, which is not a common practice, and they were also mixed in with landfills and trash. Oh, not the direction I thought the article was going to go, but certainly we all know in agriculture that you have to dispose of <clears throat> everything, and that's just part of the process. What I don't personally have a big fan of as being part of the process is the water utilities joining the lawsuit against the PFAS. So if you uh, want to remember what PFAS is, per and polyfluoral substances. So basically this is the Des Moines Waterworks lawsuit that was originally started a couple of years back. 
Now the city of West Des Moines has joined over 70 other water utilities in this class action lawsuit against farmers. So according to the Environmental Protection Agency, PFASs are widely used, long-lasting chemical substances that are components breaking down over a long period of time. These chemicals have been found within the blood of humans and may be linked to harmful health effects. And now the West Des Moines Water Works finished their last water treatment testing and detected the substances at 2.9 parts per trillion and 2.4 parts per trillion. The World Health Organization has stated the original health advisory level of 70 parts per trillion is the level to be concerned. So Cassidy at 2.9 and 2.4 on a level to where 70 is considered worrisome. West Des Moines, anyway, jumped on that class action lawsuit and is now adjoining that. The timeline for the hearing is yet to be determined, but seems like a very small amount tested, at least results-wise, uh, compared to where dangerous levels could be. Yeah, Tanner, it seems like a lot of people are jumping on these class action lawsuits, and it's not great news for us in agriculture, but what is great news for us in agriculture is Morocco's fertilizer giant, known as OCP, has announced that they will be supplying Gambia with about 13,000 tons of fertilizer at a special price. And this is some great news, knowing that, as we've reported, parts of Africa are really struggling not being able to get fertilizer due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Yeah, that is certainly good to see that there are countries working together I was just skimming an article here from DTN after day one of the spring wheat tour. They come out with a spring wheat estimate of 48.9 bushels to the acre. Scouts on day one of the Wheat Quality Council's annual hard spring wheat and Durham tour assessed more than 120 spring wheat fields. On Tuesday, the 26th in North Dakota and Minnesota, calculating that average of 48.9 that I just spoke about, the five Durham fields that were measured came in at an estimate of 41.4 bushels to the acre. So about 50 different scouts, mostly assessed fields in the southeast and south central part of North Dakota for potential production and crop health issues. Several fields bordering those counties in Minnesota were also checked on the tour's first day of scouting. This scouting will continue, so maybe we'll have more updates for our listeners tomorrow. Well, that is a good update, Tanner. Thank you for sharing that. Another good update that I found today while skimming news is that Bion Technologies has announced a partnership with the Ribbonwire Ranch to build a 15,000 head sustainable beef cattle feeding operation. This will be breaking ground in 2023 in the town of Dalhart, which is just northwest of Amarillo, only a few miles from the New Mexico and Colorado border. Interesting. A sustainable beef operation. I'm curious as to what their definitions of sustainable are. I know that that's a big battle. As we had conversations last week on an interview uh, with the seaweed and kelp in the diet to avoid methane release. So it would be another project interesting for us to keep up on. The SM. HPP payments are now rolling out. So the USDA is sending out the pandemic payments to independent pork producers. Going back to 2020, when the independent pork producers saw depressed prices and packing plants shut down, just on yesterday, Tuesday, the full funding of that program was announced and full payments 
full payments to pork producers under the Spot Market Hog Pandemic Program, SMHPP, will be headed out. It should pay producers $54 a head for hogs that were sold on the spot market between April 16th, 2020 through September 1st of 2020. So those are limited up to 10,000 head per producer, but the payments will be made to pork producers this week, and you should start seeing those checks hit your mailbox if you were a pork producer with sales between those dates. Well, Tanner, I would say that's probably a little disheartening for the folks that have filed for help this year to know that it's going to take probably two years or more for them to get their money. Correct. I would agree. It doesn't move very quickly. I'll tell you another group of people that are probably needing government assistance right now is a group of cattle, actually about 999 cattle have been killed in Guharat overseas by lumpy skin disease. This is a viral cattle disease caused by the same virus in the family of smallpox and monkeypox. It results in fever and enlarged lymph nodes, giving it the name lumpy skin disease. It looks like a lot of these cattle are dying and a lot of them have been vaccinated in hopes of decreasing the death loss. Interesting. Of course, just what we need is another disease to keep our eye out for. Hopefully it does not make it across the shores here to the U.S. But is that the last piece of news you have today? Is it time to jump into the markets? Yeah, Tanner, let's see what the markets are doing today. Let's hit livestock first today. October live cattle down 13 cents at $1.4225 for September. Feeder cattle are up 88 cents at $1.81.3. October lean hogs are also up $2.70 at 96 35. December corn is up two and a half cents per bushel, and December soybean meal is up $7.10. Quite an interesting start to the day, but looking at directly at the crops as reported, corn futures are in that two to four cents higher, working to consolidate back over six if we can get there. The soybean futures are 26 to 36 cents higher midday. The August contract gaining sharply versus the back months and wheat futures are three to 13 cents lower here midday as we record those trades seeking double digit moves in both directions with Chicago action leading as the trade awaits on black sea shipping action across the seas to see if that spread will begin unwinding. So a little market update there. Now it is a great opportunity for us to jump into our personal conversation for today, Cassidy. Yes, let's listen to Lene Williams talk about a great opportunity for some rural women in agriculture. Listeners, I am excited to introduce you to Lene Williams, an agriculturist and entrepreneur, talking to us today about the Unbridled Conference. Lene, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we are excited to learn a little bit about you and your background. So to start us off, just let us know how you got involved in agriculture in the first place. Well, I grew up on a cow-calf ranch in Hondo, Texas, just southwest of San Antonio, and was heavily involved in 4-H and FFA um, throughout high school, and then pursued a degree in agricultural communications at Texas Tech. I was also heavily involved in the judging programs, um, horse meats, livestock. Um, and so 
that was uh, my involvement there. And then after college, I, I launched a marketing agency that works exclusively with ag brands. So that is my professional experience. And then my husband and I raise uh, registered Angus cattle as well. Nice. So you've got the perfect blend of agricultural background and some corporate marketing side of things, but tell us a little bit about Unbridled. How did Unbridled come about? Well, last October, I was interviewed by a student at Texas Tech who wanted to follow a similar career path as mine. And one of her questions was, how have you gotten where you are today? And without hesitation, I said, I've had an incredible support system and network. And after answering that, after the interview, I felt a little guilty because I realized not everyone has access to that. And um, I wanted to create an antidote for it. So my brain turned and turned on it for a couple months following. And I finally landed on a conference and mentorship program. The bulk of Unbridled is the mentorship side, and we added in the conference to really build up the momentum and um, draw attention to the program since it is in its first year. Elena, I think you are completely correct in understanding that a lot of, especially women in the agricultural world, don't have the support they need. And I think this is something really needed. And what kind of team do you have behind you helping you build this program? A small but strong one. (laughs) Um, So I gathered up friends and um, people that work with me in Black Creek Innovations and we, what I call the leadership team. And then I've brought together some mentors for the program who every applicant will um, be assigned to. And those mentors have helped a lot in bringing this program together as well. So I'm looking at the website and it appears the conference is located in Lubbock, Texas, and it's at the end of August, correct? Could you tell us a little bit about what someone would experience if they sign up to come to the conference? Yes. So, yeah, it's a, exactly a month away. Um, and by signing up for the conference, they're going to get three days of very hands-on workshops and very engaging um, speaker presentations. The conference has three different themes, and each each day is a different theme. The first day is unbridled confidence. The second day is unbridled ambition. And the third day is unbridled support. The first day, we're going to really dive in into these women's um, personality traits and figure out what's holding them back from taking that next step in, in their career and what's holding them back from really pursuing their career dreams. And so with that, we're going to host an Enneagram workshop. It's going to be a very in-depth workshop. It'll take three hours, but I think it'll be one that it really helps you get to know more about yourself and how to play your strengths and weaknesses. We're going to have Mike Roberts, who is known, better known as the Converse Cowboy. I haven't told this to his face, but I do call him the Cowboy Philanthropist because he is just so enlightened about his approach to life his approach to horsemanship, his approach to um, how he just carries himself through his career. And so he was a really cool one to bring on to this conference. Um, And we recently added a program from Slate Group. That is a print company out of Lubbock, who I use pretty much exclusively for all projects from print to trade shows. And And Slate Group is going to present a program called Printspired, which really just helps these women 
um, recognize new marketing opportunities and new ways to expand their businesses, which will perfectly transition into the next day, unbridled ambition. That's where we're going to help these women really hone in on how to move forward in their careers or in their businesses. We're going to have keynote speakers like um, Courtney Dehoff and Brandy Frobos. I think she's actually better known as Brandy Buzzard Frobos. And we're also going to have a business coach come in. This business coach is going to help help these women really visualize their goals and move forward in their businesses. Um, that business coach will all also be very hands-on throughout the mentorship program. And speaking of the mentorship program, what is that like and how long does it last after the conference and how do y'all do the pairing up of that? So as every applicant um, submits their application to the program, we do a discovery call. And in these discovery calls, I just want to learn more about these women and what their career goals are, what their backgrounds are, and what they hope to gain from the program. And it's during these interviews that I get to find out more about what they expect from a mentor and what they want out of a mentor. And so we've been actually finalizing mentors this week. I've been, <laughs> I've been promising mentors for about three weeks, but um, it's just taken longer just to really match the right person with each applicant. And so we're trying to finalize those this week. I've been on the phone with a few of them this morning and um, those mentors will be hands-on in the program. And then throughout the mentorship program, applicants can expect um, monthly check-ins with their mentors where we can make sure they're on track to accomplishing their goals, help them address any issues they've come across throughout the program or throughout their goal pursuits. We're also going to be launching this week, actually, um, a series of ebooks and workbooks and um, workshop series that we'll be presenting to the applicants throughout the program. So as they get onboarded to Unbridled, they get access to Unbridled Online, which is our members-only platform, which is kind of like Facebook and LinkedIn mixed into one platform and just for the applicants or the members. And it's there where they can go and gain access to these eBooks and these workshops. And then we're going to bring in virtual keynote presentations each month throughout the mentorship program as well. Wow. That sounds like a ton of great resources. I'm glad we took just a couple minutes today to have a conversation about it and let our listeners know that it exists. I know that's always the toughest part. So we're glad that you're willing to put yourself out there, got a nice team together to help provide a great program, but is there anything that we missed that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? I just want to reinforce that this program is really focused on empowering rural businesswomen, um, whether they're in an entrepreneurial role or they're in a corporate or organizational role. We're going to help provide a network of women that supports one another and helps you pursue your goals and, and really reinforce that I just want these women to know they're not alone in these pursuits. This is a very niche group of women and a lot of them are struggling right now. And I hope that Unbridled can really help, help them take the next step. Certainly have the right person at the head of this. So we thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. And we hope your conference goes extremely well. And even our listeners find some value out of meeting with you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited.
Well, Tanner, that was a very exciting conversation for me. I've been following the unbridled conversation across social media, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of women. Yeah, I did my best to withhold conversations asking if men could attend uh, because some men also need motivation. But no, all in all, a very great opportunity for a lot of people. Well, Tanner, I think this has been a great Wednesday conversation. What do you say? We let the listeners go. I say it's time to let the listeners go.